Thank you. My name is Tim. I'm an alcoholic. My date of sobriety is the 24th of July, 1993. My home group is Group 12 in San Antonio, and you can find me at the 7 a.m. Texas time meeting there um, several days a week. I've only got 15 minutes, so I'm going to make it snappy. Um, I can complicate the hell out of things. A lot of people in AA can complicate the hell out of things, so I hope I'm not going to complicate the hell out of things this evening. Um, I drank very large amounts of alcohol for years. I knew I should either cut down or cut it out, but I couldn't do either. That makes me dumb or an alcoholic. I got to pick when I got to AA. If I wasn't an alcoholic, what was I? There was something wrong. There's something wrong. There was something wrong. There was clearly something wrong. If I could have moderated, I would have. If I could have cut it out, I would have. I didn't. That meant I couldn't. Whether I tried or not, irrelevant. I didn't, so I couldn't. Full stop. What that meant was that I was an alcoholic. Now, I didn't know what an alcoholic was. I would say that there's a, a line in the book, isn't there? An alcoholic in his cups is an unlovely creature. I was an unlovely creature in my cups. Uh, and I used to say with the gin sloshing in my glass, I'm an alcoholic, like when I was 16. And I, I mean, I wasn't wrong, but I didn't know what it meant. What it meant was that I had a condition which is fatal and progressive and incurable. And if I were to find myself magically washed up in a state of sobriety, I needed to do everything within my power to make sure I stayed that way, because who knows when the opportunity would be given again. My friend Paul gave up his opportunity for sobriety in 1995, has been trying to get back for 26 years and can't. So uh, I had to treat the opportunity I was given in July 1993. I didn't get sober. I was gotten sober by a power greater than myself. If I could have gotten myself sober, I would have done it years previously. So something got me sober. My job now in AA is to remain in contact, in contact with that thing that got me sober. So um, in case you're wondering where the instructions for the steps are, they are in the big book. That's where they hid them. Um, if you went on holiday to a hotel, uh, one of those resort hotels with a big swimming pool. If you've got any sense, you race down after breakfast and you put your towel in your little bag on the best the best spot, either on you know, on the beach or, or or by the pool, because because who want who doesn't want a nice holiday? Who doesn't want a good day? So you may we know how to look after number one. So in AA, what I was taught was to how to how to look after number one in AA. What does that mean? It meant finding the strongest group, finding the strongest sponsor, the most competent sponsor in that group, and shaking them until they say yes, I'll sponsor you. Um, uh, this is not the time to sit at the back 
you know, AA was not the time to sit at the back with the vodka drinkers laughing at the, uh, the kids at the front talking to the teachers. AA was somewhere I wanted to find the people who were cheerful and happy and successful in their lives, not necessarily materially, but who were satisfied with how they were using the time given to them. So I found those people. You can find all sorts in AA, God bless us all. But I'd, I was best served by finding people who are cheerful, practical, down to earth, no nonsense. I had the temerity to say to Wimbledon Maureen, this was around August um, uh, 1993, I said that I was going to have trouble with steps four and five because I could only communicate effectively through the medium of poetry. I literally said that. And uh, she said, if you'll pardon my French, block your ears if, if you're of a delicate disposition. She said, horseshit. She said, you're a common or garden alcoholic, just like the rest of us, and don't you forget it. And I didn't because I'm telling the story, you know, 28 years later. So the job is get a sponsor, do the steps quickly, uh, do them out of the big book. If your sponsor gives you some fancy footwork to do on top of it, it's all grist to the mill. All the fancy footwork is in addition to, not instead of. So I've done some fancy footwork over the years on forgiveness in particular and on prayer and meditation. You know, the big book even says, you know, there are many useful books also. It's one of the instructions. So I found some useful books and shared the contents of those with other people in AA. But it's in addition to, not instead of what's in there. Um, the reason I wanted to pick that pack, passage uh, was because, uh, you know, those American films like from 20, 30 years ago where Christina Ritchie, like in every single film, played the really, really unhappy, miserable teenager in a kind of, um, um, you know, cotton candy town somewhere in middle of middle America where everyone is cheerful except her. I was the Christina Ritchie character in every scenario I was in. I, I got to AA incredibly dramatic and mentally ill as well as alcoholic. It's a terrible combination. It will not win you any friends. I was incredibly unhappy. And now the funny thing is, I'm not entirely sure why. If you said to, if, if you wanted me to explain now why I was so unhappy, then I don't think I could do it. Um, the reason that's relevant is because I didn't have to figure it all out in order to get well. I didn't have to understand. There's a, a story in the big book about someone that goes and sees uh, Jung and understands all the finely tuned mechanisms of his mind and drinks anyway. I did the opposite approach. I haven't understood any of the finely tuned mechanisms of my mind, but I seem to be happy today and I seem to be largely largely free of mental illness. I have my moments, ask my other half. Um, but basically, I'm fine. Um, but here's the interesting thing with my unhappiness. I don't know if anyone else will relate to it. If you don't, don't worry about it. If you go to a restaurant and you want to have a nice time, you want to have a nice meal, you pick a restaurant, you go, the food's terrible, the service is terrible, it's noisy, there's clattering and clanking, and it's just a miserable experience. Now that can happen to anyone, you know, we can all make we can all make bad decisions, fine. 
if I go back the next night and then complain about it, there's something fishy going on. Um, the problems in the restaurant are not a problem. They're the price I'm willing to pay for something. The question is, what is the thing that I'm after that is so important to me that I'm willing to put up with misery as a side effect? And I think there is one thing that I've figured out. Well, I haven't, I wasn't, I didn't figure it out. I think it was shown to me by people in AA or uh, other spiritual things is that, and this is all through the 12 and 12 as well. I, I'm not, maybe I'm not supposed to mention the 12 and 12 in a big book meeting, but I've done it now, haven't I? So <laughs> um, I've crossed that line. Um there's a line in the 12 and 12 about every boy in America wants to be the president, wants to be the number one, number one man in America. Um, my great quest was to be special. And I don't think I'm alone in this. I wanted special relationships with special people. Except I thought I was rotten. So this transaction with you where I give you this rotten version of myself, this little turd wrapped in gold paper, and I get the wonderful you back in return, when I unwrap you, I discover you're just like me. You're a turd wrapped in gold paper. And now suddenly everything's your fault because you swindled me. These relationships went on and on and on, again and again and again. Now, not just romantic relationships, relationships with places, with jobs, Everything is wonderful for the first five minutes because for some reason it's making me feel special and real and individual and separate and different. When I was younger, I could make whole lists of all of the reasons why I think I'm so different than anyone else and all of that makes me special. And the funny thing is, it didn't matter. The 12 and 12 talks about this as well, that uh, it doesn't matter if you're superior or inferior. It doesn't matter if you're the one that's in charge or if you're this poor put upon might, which the world is trampling on. They're both they're the two sides of the same coin and they're the two sides of the coin of look at me. I'm at the center of my universe. Uh, I exist. It's as though the universe is saying all you there's an Anthony DeMello story where there's this salt doll i'll just repeat that because it's an unusual phrase a salt doll a doll made of salt got it now this salt doll is running around the world saying what am i i don't know what i am no one knows what i am and he goes here and he goes there and finally he goes to the sea and as he's wading into the sea he's a salt doll mind you can figure out what's going to happen as he's wading into the sea he starts to dissolve and in the last moment before he finally dissolves he says ah that's what i am so my job is to dissolve into the universe and that's what service is. When I'm busy in service, when I'm at a meeting, when I'm quietly getting on with my job, when I'm trying to help the rest of kids get their heart's desire, when I'm just doing the next thing that's in front of me, when I'm being patient, tolerant, kind and loving, all of those basic instructions in the big book, and I'm not thinking about me, I'm dissolved into the world. And then I discover who I am, which is I inherit the entire universe. I'm, I can be at peace wherever I go.
But the ego would say to me, you don't want the universe. You don't want to be dissolved into the crowd. You don't want to be part of a group. You don't, you, you'll be the hole in the donut. Again, 12 and 12. There's a lot, a lot of good stuff in there. Uh, you don't want to be the hole in the donut. You want to be something. So, and all of my unhappiness was my price that I was willing to pay to be something. Uh, there's a difference between recovery and relief. Whilst I wanted relief, uh, I couldn't recover. There's a line in a book somewhere where it says, um, you always cry when an idol falls, whatever you've been idolizing. And it was very painful to recognize my whole identity was tied up with images of myself running around the world. And anything in the world is fragile, so I was frightened the whole time. And giving up that those multiple identities uh, was the most painful thing I've ever done. I had to choose to recover, which is to go through that pain in order to come out the other side. Um, that part, It's not a path of comfort. It Ultimately, it, I became comfortable, but the path itself is, was a little bit tricky. Um, I had to go through a long period of simply getting up every day and doing what is in front of me and staying out of the battlefield of my mind. Uh, I tried for years within AA to fight the battle on the battlefield. And the fact is the battlefield of the ego, you can't win it. The only, the only solution I found is to rise above it. And I rose above it by the steps. In step four, I discovered that I had a lot of grievances against a lot of people. But those grievances, those attacks were in my mind. So I was the one that felt attacked. If I wanted to stop feeling like the world attacked was attacking me, I had to stop attacking other people. All the harm I did was dragging behind me like the chains behind Jacob Marley. I needed to make amends and I needed to find a purpose in life. And on one level, the purpose was simply getting on with with step 12, with carrying the message of AA, helping other people to stay sober, looking after my mother, trying to look after my other half, doing my job. But there's a real purpose, which is, I believe, to recognize that this material world is just a stage on which I'm playing a part. And just as there is a universe outside the theater where the play is going on, there is a universe beyond the material realm. And to carry a message from beyond, which is, you're fine. You got some kooky thinking, but you're fine. And so am I. We're all fine. We're good. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. That's why we're here, I believe. That's all I've got. Thanks for listening.